word of welcome. We're delighted in your presence today. We want to welcome those worshiping with us online as well. Glad to have you. You just heard Steve Irwin, one of our associates, been here 20 years. We're going to recognize him next week. Make sure that you're here for that. But also next week, because of that, we kind of tied it all together. Ron Ball is going to be in town for the weekend. I invited him to come and preach next Sunday. Ron served the church for 12 years, relocated the church from Woodlawn Subdivision to its present location in 2002. Great guy. He's the pastor emeritus of Woodlawn. And so we're going to have him come and preach. So you're in for a treat. He'll be preaching at the 9 and 10, 10 15 services next Sunday. So make sure and tune in for that. We'll have a great weekend together. He's going to be leading some of our leaders on Saturday morning visiting with us some informally on Friday. He and Charlotte will be here. We look forward to that time together. Now, today we're wrapping up this series, Starting Point. We've been talking about this for several weeks now. And then this message, we, we were talking about the difference of becoming a Christian as a child versus becoming a Christian as an adult. When we were little children, we were taught, you know, Jesus loves all the little children, all the children of the world, and he does. And, but when we grew up, we learned that there were some children that were left out, underprivileged, marginalized, and they didn't seem like they were too much loved. We, we struggled. We wrestled with that. And maybe your faith is something that you've struggled with. It's not that you've just decided that you're not going to have faith in God anymore. But what about the things that you were taught as a child, and now you see some things differently as an adult? And so you want to maybe restart your faith and begin to see, well, now what would I do if I wanted to restart my faith so as an adult I could believe in God? Because maybe there's a gap between what you were taught and what you experienced. Some of you said, you know, I'm going to grow up and I'm just going to keep doing and believing what I've always believed. But others, you've wrestled with it. You've thought about it. You've looked into it and you wonder about the world. You know, maybe your mama taught you some things and you love and respect your mama and your pastor. But maybe, you know, you're struggling because there's some differences there. At the same time, if there's a God, you want to know him and you want to know what's true. And so how will you deal with that? Now, what would it look like if you just wiped the slate clean and started all over? How would you explore that? How would you determine, well, why do I want to be a Christian? The first week we said that starting point for the Christian faith is this question. And this is the crux of the whole thing. Who is Jesus? If you want to know about the Christian faith, you have to answer that question for yourself. Who is Jesus? And everything else will be wrapped around that. You see, there's a lot of details, a lot of other things you can learn. But if you can address that one thing, it'll make all the difference in your faith and what you believe from this day forward. The second week, we talked about mistakers and sinners. We said if you make a mistake, you can correct a mistake. But if you sin, only God can correct that. Some people today, they don't like to use the word sin or sinners. They say, I'm a, I made a mistake. I made it for four years, <laughs> but I made it. Well, maybe it's a little more serious than a mistake. Maybe it is sin. And so we said, to embrace the faith, how are you going to do that and allow God to come into your life and change things? It says, restoration starts with recognizing that we are sinners. And then the third thing we talked about is that our relationship with God begins by trusting him. 
Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You just have to step out on faith and trust him and believe in him for that to occur. You know, you can trust God, you can thank him for all that he's done, and you can believe in him. And then we talked about in the fourth week the role of rules and how maybe you have a family and they had rules and you grew up with those rules and you learned what to believe and how to believe. And then you found this, that rules are a confirmation not a condition of a relationship with God. In other words, we are saved by grace. It's not by following the rules. But once we are saved by grace, we want to be obedient to God. We want to be faithful to God. We want to please God because he's been so good to us. He saved us. He's allowed us to have a relationship. And then the fifth week we ask, what can wash away my sin? What can I do? How can I forgive myself? And the answer is nothing but the blood of Jesus. When we experience what Jesus has done for us on the cross, then when he was resurrected, he conquered death, and that is what can save us. And then last week we talked about grace, and that's a good thing to talk about. And you enjoyed that because it's a wonderful thing to learn. And we learned that all religion can be summarized with one word, and that is do. If I just do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this, then maybe God will love me. But the Christian faith is summarized with done. It's already been done. Jesus did it before we were even born. He did it before we even knew that he existed. He did it for you. He did it for me. It's a done deal. Now, we can accept that. We can embrace it. And then we will want to please him as a result. And in Hebrews, in talking about today, we're going to talk about what is faith. And in Hebrews, it says in chapter 11, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You wrestle with faith. You want to have faith. And that's a starting point for your belief in God and for you to, to have a relationship with him. When Jesus died, the closest people to Jesus believed that he was what? Dead. These are not hard questions. <laughs> when Jesus died, the closest people to him believed he was Okay, thanks. I'm so glad you came back. I, you were at public shopping. I don't know what happened with that. Yeah, because when dead people are dead, they usually stay. Hello, right? And so one of the closest people to him said they were believe. And, and here's what they said. We believe he was a powerful speaker, and his powerful speaking got him crucified. We believe that our lives are in jeopardy, unlike any other religious movement. When Gandhi died, all the Gandhiites got together, and what did they do? They said, we got to keep the truths of Gandhi alive. And they organized, and they took his teachings, and they elevated him, and they made him a martyr. When Mohammed died, they said, oh, he's dead, but we're going to take his teachings and we're going to distribute the teachings of Islam and we're going to make sure that everybody knows what the prophet said and what he believed. All martyrs, you know, what you see, that's true for all of them. The followers of those martyrs are the ones that keep their dream alive, their ideas alive, what they want to share. But not so much with Jesus because the problem with Jesus is that it was all about him. 
Do you remember we said that Jesus said the Passover? We're not going to do it that way anymore. Now we're going to have the Lord's Supper together, and we're going to remember me. It's going to be all about me, Jesus was saying. And his whole world, his whole ministry was based and wrapped around him and who he claimed to be. So at the end, when he was crucified and he was dead, they expected him to stay dead. And before he was erected, re resurrected, they lost faith. Well, what are you going to believe if you've been a follower? And I want you to catch this. Everybody did. All the followers of Jesus lost faith because their leader had died and he was in the tomb and he was dead. And when people die, they stay Okay, good, you're getting better, okay? And, and they said, well, I used to believe he was the Son of God, but I don't believe that anymore because he died, he's gone. And I used to think he was the Messiah, but I don't believe that anymore because he's dead and gone. And, and before he died, I, I believed that, but now not so much. What are you going to do about that? Are you going to take the teachings of Jesus out and make sure that his ministry and his world and his message stay alive? Are you going to do what the other followers and these other religions did? No, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm at the house. I'm afraid to leave the house. I might be arrested. They might crucify me. No. And, and by the way, if I told anybody, they wouldn't believe me anyway because he died. He's dead. So they just all fell away. That way. Who would take us seriously at that point? And we wanted to believe, but now it's the end. And we hoped and we dreamed and we believed and then the Romans came and then the Jewish people renounced him. And, and that's it. It's over. It's done. There's nothing left. I don't miss this. The people who knew Jesus best, the people who watched Jesus and spent time with him, the people who had the story of Jesus of Nazareth and what they could believe about him, they all believed that he was dead and that he would stay that way and that is why I'm a Christian. That is why I'm a Christian. A few years later, those same cowards who all ran away, who were all scared that they might be crucified too, they began to go out into the streets and boldly preach and teach and tell people about Jesus. They had a total turnaround experience. No longer are they hiding in the house afraid that they might die. Something changed. Something changed, and it's changed everything for them and for us. Now, there's nobody. What did they preach about when they went out? What are you going to say? you got a big message. This is the most important thing you're ever going to share. What are you going to say? We're having a baked bean supper Friday night at the church. Make, make sure and show up. Come by. We're, we're having a bazaar. Come by and bring all your old junk and bring it down here so we can give it away or sell it or do something. we got to do something. We don't know what to do. we got to No. They've got, <laughs> they've got the most important message that's ever going to be shared. What are you going to do? And so they went out. Nobody went out and said, okay, Jesus told this story, and he said there were these two brothers, and one of them left, and the other one stayed home, and he went out and spent all No, he didn't go out. They didn't tell the story of the prodigal son. That didn't happen. They, there wasn't any. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, and blessed are the pure. No, that's not what they talked about. They didn't do that. They had a sermon, a message, and it had four points. I'm glad it had four points because sometimes if I have six points, you start to yawn. I've seen you. You don't think I can, but I've seen you. It had four points, and it was real simple. It was the same message for everybody. Now, get ready. This is what it was. You need to keep this with you. You killed him, number one. 
God raised him. Number two. Number three, we've seen him. Number four, say you're sorry. That's it. Four points. That was it. That was the message that they shared. And that's what they told everybody, the whole message. And that was what they talked about. And then 20 years later, the apostle Paul comes along and he said, I've got some great news and he's in Athens. And if you wanted to go and just talk philosophy, he's in the right place. Because there's a, a lot of people who are philosophical. They're, they are just philosophers. And they're in Athens. And he said, let's just talk about religion. They said, okay, just get over here and let's talk about it. And he starts talking about stuff. And they say, this guy, what's he babbling about? What's he saying? He's lost his mind. I wanna, he said, I want to tell you. And here's what Paul said. God has talked about something. Is that what he said? Because that's what the others did. God has done something and it's changed everything it's changed everything for just the jewish people is that what he said no well okay for the jewish people and then some people is that no it's for the whole world god has done something and it has changed everything for everybody in the whole world okay well you've got my attention now i'm gonna sit down and listen to this message what is it that god has done he's done something they'd never heard of jesus before they didn't know who he was they didn't and so he didn't get up and say okay let me tell you about the sermon on the mount <laughs> i'll tell you about that now that was a good one let's go there I tell you, oh, I like the one, the Good Samaritan. Let's talk about that one. I like that one. That, that's a good one. Great message, right? They didn't do that. There's no evidence that they did anything. Like, they said God has done something in our midst, and he has given us proof. Proof. I can prove to you that, that something has happened that God has done. And it says in Acts 17, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. That's right. That's proof. That's pretty good proof, isn't it? If you see Jesus being crucified and you see him resurrected, he's got your attention then. And you're going to get out of your house and you're going to go tell everybody for the rest of your life, you're going to make sure that everybody you see, hey, listen, I got some good news. Let me tell you what God has done for everybody. And I'm not just reading about it, hearing about it. Somebody didn't do it. I saw it. I saw him and I saw what happened. That's why I'm a Christian. And you know, that's why you should be a Christian and seriously consider the Christian faith. Because when Jesus died, nobody believed. It was sad. Think about this. Good Friday. What if you still lived, you know, in a day when he was crucified, but that was it. It was over. That was the end of the story. And now sunset, and now you go home, and it's over. What are you going to do now? Nobody got up and said, you know, I believed it all the time. I just never told anybody. There's no record of that. Nobody said that. You would think somebody would come up with that, right? Didn't happen. There were cowards. They were all cowards. According to them, they said, we were cowards and our friends were cowards. That's what they said. But then something happened, and that's when their testimony began to change. They saw the risen Savior, and they went out and they told people about it. And then he didn't just say something. He did something. 
Christians don't just believe something is true. Christians believe something happened. Now, here's what you've got to boil this down to. Who is Jesus? What did he do? That's it. If you can deal with those two questions right there, you can learn the rest of it. Who is Jesus? What did he do? That's where you're going to start with your starting point. That's the foundation for our faith. Don't believe because the Bible says so. Why? Because they didn't have a Bible back then. It was years and years and years later before they got the New Testament. They, they couldn't. Well, I read it in the Bible. No, no. I talked to someone who was there or I saw it myself and they told the story. Four point message. They just kept going back to it over and over again. And the first 200 plus years, thousands and thousands and thousands of people became Jesus followers, not because they read the Bible, but because of what they had seen or heard from a firsthand person who had seen it was because of eyewitnesses. It was extraordinary, and it convinced them of what they could believe as well. And the church wasn't launched because of a book. The church was launched not because of teaching. The church was launched because of the resurrection of Jesus. We're willing to die now for what we saw. Before we were scared, we were hidden, we were in our homes, we were afraid to tell anybody. Now, you, we don't care what you do with, to us because we're going to tell everybody. You can kill us, but it doesn't matter because we saw what we saw and there's no way you can keep us quiet. We don't believe because the Bible says so. We believe because Matthew, an eyewitness, wrote about it. We believe because Mark, who spent time with Peter, wrote about it. We believe that Luke took it and put it in chronological order and investigated it all, and he didn't want to miss anything. He wrote about it. We believe that John, who took care of Jesus' mother, wrote about it. We believe that James, the brother of Jesus, talked about it, showed up and said, my brother is the son of God. Listen, that alone is a miracle. If your brother stood up tomorrow and said, I'm the son of God, you'd say, I don't think so. I don't think so. You're not even close to this. You, you listen, you're not even the same category. You, you know, you've got a ways to go to just be human in my eyes, okay? I mean, your own brother. And, and James says, you know, I was a doubter. But he said, I, I was with my mom, and we left, and he was dead, and I, I saw him resurrected, and he's got my attention now, and he is who he said he was. He is the Messiah. And the only thing that would do that is if he had seen it firsthand. Peter, who ran away a coward, said, hey, I believe in the resurrection because I saw him. Paul, who wrote not long after Jesus, believed that Jesus rose from the dead. Paul, who was killing Christians, now he was not only become one, but he was leading other people to become Christians as well. He believed. Listen, after his death, nobody believed for a while. And then everything changed when he was resurrected. In our first message, the first question I said was, who is Jesus? When you can answer that, then you can go from there. And here's what I hope you'll take away from today's message. A single event changed how those closest to him answered the question, who is Jesus? A single event. Pre-resurrection, who is Jesus? Post-resurrection, who is Jesus? 
two completely different answers. You know what that means? It's great news. Because it means that when you pray, God hears your prayers. And he answers them and he responds to them. Because the resurrected Jesus taught us, when you pray, God will hear and he will respond. Do you know what that means? It means that you can address God the creator because Jesus made a way for you to go before the Father and talk to him. Jesus would die for our sins, be raised from the dead, and then teach us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven. It means that you can believe in heaven, not because the Bible says so, but because Jesus told us and he showed us what it meant because he was resurrected. Because throughout his ministry, he talked about the kingdom of heaven and he ascended there after he was resurrected. It means that you can go through troubled times, he said, because he talked about that. He said, In this world, you're going to have trouble. But he said, take courage, take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, I don't care who you are. That's good news right there. In the Baptist church, people would have already been excited about this. In the assemblies of God, I'd have to quit talking by now. There'd be so much going on in here. Nobody would even speak. It meant nothing as they watched him on the cross. It meant everything as they saw him resurrected from the dead. I'm not a Christian because the Bible says so. I'm a Christian because Jesus was resurrected. And that message went out to the whole world. And you've got to wrestle with that question today. And don't forget, that single event changed everything for everybody in the whole world from now on. And when you wrestle with that, I pray that, that it's an important part for you of coming to a starting point where you can say, who is Jesus? What did he do? And now I'm going to follow him. I don't have an answer to all those other questions I worried about. I, you know, I'm just going to try to grow every day and let God work in my life and teach me everything he wants to te teach me. And I'm just going to go from here. And thank God I have the opportunity to do that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about this in public. Thank you for preserving your word for us. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for not just simply leaving us another list of things to try to do or another prophet to simply believe in, but you gave us proof by raising your son from the dead. And today, we gather in his name because of that. And Father, for those who are wrestling with these questions, I pray they'd have the honesty to wrestle openly as we've tried to discuss things openly. And please give each of us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've just heard and the courage to do it. And all God's people said,